This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt presenting to you yet another episode of Radio Techers. And on this episode, myself and Mags discuss the uh, Champions League results from the week, including uh, Liverpool's dominant performance against Atalanta, as well as a thrilling game uh, between Inter Milan and Real Madrid, amongst other results. Uh, we also get into talking about a few rumors like uh, Erling Holland to Liverpool, as well as the possibility of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, possibly... Uh, leaving Manchester United uh, with maybe Mauricio Pochettino uh, headed uh, in the opposite direction, becoming manager of Manchester United. We will wait and see if that is possible. Um, With that being said, we ask humbly that you like, share, and subscribe this podcast. Tell your friends about Radio Techers. And if you haven't yet done so, subscribe to Shooting the Sports-ish on YouTube, where you can find more episodes just like this, uh, but in video form, which is pretty awesome too. Uh, so if you're a sports fan just in general, make sure to check out Shooting the Sports-ish on YouTube. Lots of great content there. Uh, once again, uh, we thank you to whoever you are, wherever you are, for tuning in. And we hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always with me, the hardest working man in all of podcasting, my friend and yours, Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? I am incredibly tired today, Tanner. (laughs) I have spent the last couple of days watching an election that has absolutely no no um, no effect on my daily life and it's been the, the best drama of the year so far it, it is it is an election fitting for 2020 i will say that it certainly uh, we, is we we are not a political channel obviously we're not a political show uh but uh yeah quite a wild ride um yeah. <laughs> um with that, it, it certainly matches uh, the wild uh, week of football that we've had so far here, especially in the Champions League, and we're going to talk all about it here today. Uh, what I ask what of you, what a segue! What a segue! I know you, you're almost professional. <laughs> almost, very close, very very close. Um, what I would like to ask of you, our viewers and listeners out there, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that uh, subscribe button wherever you're uh, uh, watching this show or listening to this podcast, uh, be it on YouTube or iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Amazon, anywhere uh, that you may be listening or viewing this show. Uh, tell a friend about Radio Techers. Hit that uh, thumbs up button, as uh, Mags and I always show you. Exactly, right there. Uh, Max's hands are massive. Um, <laughs> spades, big spady hands. <laughs> uh, I'm always super impressed by the size of your hands, and uh, it always it freaks me out when you bring them up. I'm like, oh, oh goodness, massive hands. Um, I don't know where this show is going. Are they smaller if I put them back more in the back out? <laughs> <laughs> slightly, slightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, That's like, share, subscribe. Tell, <laughs> t- tell a friend about Radio Techers. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, on with the show. Uh, Mags, 
crazy happenings here in the Champions League uh, this week. Um, the, the, this round, I feel as though, was headlined more than anything else by this titanic matchup of Real Madrid and Inter Milan. Two sides uh, with very storied histories, two very proud fan bases, uh, probably two of the most historically significant clubs for their own countries. Um uh, they put on a heck of a match, Mags. Uh, Inter Milan mm-hmm. looking uh, more attacking oriented here under uh, 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 Conti, uh, who's been there. This is his second year in charge. He's brought in a lot of attacking talent, uh, and uh, they've made a lot of really big strides. Real Madrid seems to kind of be um, still developing along here under Zidane's second um, reign as manager. Um, what did you make of this match going into, I guess, what were your thoughts before the match occurred between these two teams? Yeah, I think you, you make a, a lot of great points. These are two teams who have, who've been incredibly dominant in historically in Europe, but also two teams that are struggling to kind of, uh, make a mark this season. Both were, were, uh, very much at the bottom of the group table and, uh, yeah, both needed the victory to kind mm. of like kickstart their their European season. And to be fair, they both gave it a, a good go of getting the victory. Uh, Real Madrid uh, had the the way better um, first half, obviously uh, going into the the break two one up. Uh, the first goal from uh, Benzema was uh, was a well taken goal, but I felt that maybe it should have been ruled off because. Uh, just as uh, the the pass back was uh, going through, it looked like uh, Mende had fouled, um, and I can't remember the player who, who led the pass back. But it was intercepted by Benzema. Uh, great control, and th- this is a, a striker on on top form, and and easily put the put the goal in the net. Then we had a a corner and a great header from uh, from Ramos. Uh, good finish, but then into straight away. Uh, back down the other side of the pitch with uh, Lotaro Martinez, and and that was a, a really classy finish. Uh, I think he, even Perisic had a really good game. He uh, he was uh, very uh, much the the attacking force for for uh, Inter Milan, and then he obviously got the the, the second goal and and kind of like scared into uh, scared Real Madrid, thinking that they 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 they'd kind of like folded under pressure again, but. Uh, they, they they did uh, kind of uh, see the game out with a with a very good Rodrigo finish and were able to to control the game for the last ten minutes to to pull out a victory and uh, a lot of kind of like a just heavy breaths and sighs of relief from a, a Real Madrid team that were very very leaky in in defence but did just enough in attack to to get the three points and uh, Inter Milan now. Uh, rooted at the bottom of that table, and yeah, it's not it's not looking good for for Conte side in Europe. Mm-hmm. They they would really need uh, to to basically win. I would say probably at least two two of the games. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe all three uh, in order to qualify. It just depends on how. I, I would have said all, yeah, I would have said all three. You, all three, <laughs> you, you're giving yourself a fighting chance. Uh, mm-hmm. If if not. You're you're looking at other people making mistakes, but either way, it's it's this is not an Inter Milan team uh, that should be rooted to the bottom of, of the the table. And the same for Real Madrid because this doesn't move them up; it, it, it just puts them into that third third place spot. So it, it's a very tight group being in uh, in the Champions League, and yeah, uh, just not looking good for Inter Milan at all. Mm. Which is which is rather odd because I mean they do they do have an impressive uh, starting eleven obviously yeah uh, Ivan Perisic uh, is a number one of a number of people that have left this Inter Milan side in recent times uh, have gone out he he went out on loan to Bayern Munich last season won the mm-hmm. Champions League which is fantastic for him obviously um, but then you also have guys like. Uh, 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 Nyingalon, right? Uh, who had been out away for quite some time himself, uh, away from the club. Um, 
it, it, it just seems like uh, they're, they're bringing a lot of talent into this team here. Um, I found it a bit odd that, again, one of their, their star signings from last season, Christian Erickson uh, from Spurs, he didn't make a, a, an appearance in this matchup. You would think that uh, this would be a marquee match for him to appear in, uh, but uh, thus he, he did not. Um, I, 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 I don't think I could question Conti's choices just yet. Um, he has been good for the club so far, but uh, this result does not do him any favors. No, absolutely not. And I think uh, Ericsson's time at uh, Inter Milan is coming to a, an end. It's uh, very much, uh, it, it, or it feels like in in Italy, he's very much a, a like a, a sure pony kind of player where the the it just doesn't fit into the way that Conte uh, wants to play. Uh, there's been there were plenty of rumours that he was going to be making his move. Um, in the last window, and it, it's highly likely that he'll move in the January window. Um, I mean, mm. hopefully coming coming back to England, which will be uh, for, because I thought he he did really well at, at Spurs. Uh, it kind of fits the English game a lot more than than the Italian game for me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a shame because he is such a, a talent. Just he just doesn't seem to fit in the the style of play that Inter are looking at. So let's say that you're a mysterious English club. I, I guess what which 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 club would you be if you're trying to uh, uh, I guess acquire Christian Eriksen from Inter Milan? Well, I, I know a club who is uh, maybe going through a potential uh, uh, ownership takeover that that may want to uh, to invest in uh, the, the young Dane. Uh, It'd be absolutely amazing if he did suffer, but there's uh, there's yeah. probably no no way. Um, hey, I mean, I, never say never, right? Like that would be probably your biggest signing of like all time. That's very rude. <laughs> absolutely rude. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. I mean, like it's no, yeah, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. He's huge. It's, yeah, what happens at Burnley is we tend to get huge stars on the way down at the tail end of their career. Uh, but yeah, it'd be a huge sign. I, I think that's very much a kind of like a pipe dream, though. He's, he's for me, he's definitely a top six kind of a, a club uh, player. Mm-hmm. So I think he could do a job at, at pretty much any of the clubs. I mean, um, Liverpool, that'd be an interesting place for him to go. I mean, we would certainly have to like sell Nabi Kaita or somebody. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I'd be against it, um, <laughs> but we'd have to sell somebody. Like um, maybe maybe Van Aldum if we if we had a deal to move Van Aldum out because um, he, he his contract is still stalling. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, Mags, you, uh, you, you've laid out a problem for me that I don't even foresee. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, I mean the, the team that I see him fitting into the mortar, I mean, that was me kind of buttering you up, but the team I, I see him fitting that. in mortar is, is probably Everton. I think him, uh, fitting in with, uh, with Alan and, uh, Decore and, and Rodriguez, uh, that'd be a, a formidable, uh, uh, midfield there. So I think Everton would be a, a good shout. Well, you also have um, who who else is in that that midfield trio? I can never remember his name. He's a, a Por- well, no, no, uh, he's uh, the Portuguese gentleman. Um, he who whose son broke his leg like a couple years, a couple seasons ago. Do you remember? Oh. They they what? they start him every at, at, like every game that they can. What is his name? Why do I never remember? Uh... I, I have got Alzheimer's. I, I don't remember no. either. I can't blame you. I'm, I'm um, going to find it. But I mean, if you like, he would be uh, Christian Eriksen's a, a great Gomez. Gomez. Andre Gomez. Yeah. yeah. Eriksen would be a great like for like for him or uh, certainly an upgrade, I would imagine. Nice little upgrade on Andre Gomez. Um, who seems to have fitness struggles. When you break your leg like that, man, uh, if you're a professional athlete, it's like. You're gonna have injuries probably for the rest of your your playing career uh, fairly mm-hmm. regularly. Um, so yeah, a, a player like Christian Eriksen uh, would be an excellent addition to Everton. That's a that's a that is a, a hot move there, Mags. Hot move. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, 
is there is there anything else that you would like to talk about Real Madrid or Inter Milan related? These are these. I think we we've covered a lot already, but uh, yeah, I think uh, we've got plenty more to go at uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, Champions League action. So let's uh, let's get these uh, these middle of the table. Uh, teams out of the way and get to some some real contenders. Mm. Uh, speaking of middle of the table, Bayern Munich rolled over <laughs> RB Salzburg. No, I'm just kidding. Bayern Munich is definitely favorites. Um, I would say for this tournament so far, they rolled over Salzburg uh, six to two. Uh, pretty <laughs> impressive victory there from Bayern Munich. It's as if they they haven't lost a step uh, since the the Champions League finals last season. Um, you have. Yeah. I mean, just just before we leave Bayern Munich, I know we've got quite a lot to go through, but what surprised me was uh, they they only went in the second half 2-1, and Mm. they didn't start uh, their scoring spree until, like, the 80th minute. So in that last, like, 10 minutes or so, they absolutely just demolished Salzburg. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, this is a a scary German side. Um, Yeah, you can't not back them to, to win the Champions League again. Yeah, I mean they they have to be favorites at this point. I would imagine they have to be. Um, yeah. It's it's it is a very scary club. Um, let me see here. Manchester City uh, three, Olympiacos nil. Uh, Manchester City again uh, using uh, Ferran Torres in interesting ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, also we had uh, uh, two goals. Uh, one from Gabriel Jesus at the 81st minute and one from uh, Joao Cancelo in the 90th minute to seal the deal here. Manchester City looked like they were struggling uh, very early on in this matchup, and it wasn't until very late that they really kind of made this a, convinc- uh, a much more convincing victory than what it would have been otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, uh, Ferran Torres is an absolute star, and he's really taken to that uh, that uh, centre-forward role uh, like a, a hand to a glove, but they did struggle in getting the ball in the net, and and uh, the the goalkeeper uh, saw had an outstanding game. But then when Olympiacos went forward, they they did look dangerous. Uh, unfortunately, they were able to get a goal, and again, much like the Bayern game, left to the to the death. But uh, the better team came and 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 basically sealed the victory. So mm-hmm. well played, Man City. Uh, Ferran Torres has been a revelation for Manchester City's front line right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about another man uh, who's been a, a, a revelation uh, for his team here just momentarily. Uh, but let's let's talk about some more of these other middle of the road results. Porto defeated Marseille three uh, nil. Very convincing victory there for Porto. Um, mm-hmm. After the game, Andre Villas-Boas, and I will not read this word for word verbatim, but Andre Villas-Boas is quoted as saying, "We are shit." Uh, <laughs> Mags, how, how how shit are Marseille right now? <laughs> he's he's not wrong. To be fair, I mean this is this is uh, a Villas-Boas who's this was his first match at Porto since he since he left. Uh, uh, what was it? Nine years ago. Uh, they had Marseille had the most of the ball. They had the most shots, but they had zero shots on target. Uh, yeah, they absolutely got exactly what they deserved. Um, Porto were clinical in front of goal. Four shots on target, three goals. You can't say any fairer than that. And yeah, he can. Uh, he can be. He's very apt in saying that they were shit. Uh, and it's ironic that Corona. Uh, was the star of the show, and, and uh, he uh, he was the one who, who uh, orchestrated Villa Boas's demise. He now needs to isolate for two weeks before he plays him again. <laughs> I shouldn't have liked that joke as much as I did, but I, I, I love it. Um, Liverpool five, Atalanta nil. Um, we have to get there. Well, we we were always going to, right? Um, so I won't lie to you. I won't lie to you, the listener and the viewer. Um, this is the match that made me probably the most um, uneasy. Uh, it's a trip to Italy midweek. It's against a team in Italy that is perhaps the most prolific in terms of goal scoring that Syria has seen in quite some time, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, they have a very interesting tactical setup. 
Uh, I've got a great deal of respect for this Atlanta team and their manager. Uh, I, I, out of all the, the other teams, Ajax, Michelin, uh, Atlanta, I was most afraid of this Atlanta match, especially away from home. Um, Jurgen Klopp uh, fields Reese Williams in at center back. He fields Curtis Jones in midfield, and he fields Diogo Jota, uh, replacing uh, Bobby Firmino up front. And I wonder who predicted that that should happen. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you heard it here on this show. Um, but this was a masterful, masterful performance from this Liverpool team. Uh, the three young men that I've already just mentioned just now, um, they had brilliant performances. Um, Reese Williams uh, has fit in like a glove at center back, just as um, uh, Nat Phillips did uh, last weekend. Uh, this is this has been very interesting, Mags. Uh, very interesting game. Uh, this is a um, Diogo Jota who exploded uh, in, into, in, into form here in this game, hit a hat trick. Uh, also, uh, Mosla and Sadio Mane found their way onto the score sheet as well. Um, this was an absolute dominating performance here from mm-hmm. Liverpool. And I don't, I'm struggling to find someone who had a poor game for Liverpool. I think everybody absolutely stepped up from, from the starting 11 to the, the substitutes. Everyone had an outstanding game and it was a damn near perfect performance. It's, it's as simple and clear as that. Uh, just so, so dominant. And, uh, again, I, I said it last episode, and I'm I'm happy to say it again. I was not on the Diogo Jota fence. I thought that he was maybe a little bit overpriced at what they what Liverpool paid for him. I, I'm happy to eat those words down. Those delicious, delicious words. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's very much been the the bargain of the season so far because he's just outstanding. Uh, and he absolutely deserved the hat trick. Just a, a a masterful performance by by Liverpool against the the team who who were arguably the the strongest team that you were going to face in this group. I mean, before this game, um, Atalanta were the were the top scorers in the group, uh, and you've made them look amateur. You've now gone three games and not conceded any goals in Europe. Uh, with the the issues you've had at defence, that's that's phenomenal. And yeah. yeah, you 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 have every right to be a, a proud Liverpool supporter right now. Yeah, I mean you've got the you've got the, the signs here, <laughs> uh, these new signs that have hung up behind me. Uh, I my, thought you were actually at Anfield. My, my, my flag. Yeah, yeah, my, I'm at Anfield. Um, <laughs> um, Diogo Jota, uh, he chipped the keeper not once but twice in the course of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Mo Salah also put on his best uh, Aaron Robin impersonation, sprinted up the field, and then uh, took a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a turn and then just just slid it right in with his left. It was an amazing, uh, amazing goal by, by uh, basically every goal that Liverpool scored this game was awesome. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, yeah. Sal- uh, Salah's uh, uh, run... And finish was sublime. The way he opened up his body to curl it right at the top corner, gorgeous, mm. gorgeous goal. Mm. If it was indeed Aaron Robin who did that goal, we'd may be talking about how they were World Cup winners. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, uh, yeah, this this Salah goal was so reminiscent of Aaron Robin to me. Um, Liverpool stat sheets. 15 shots, 12 shots on target, 57% possession, 602 passes, 86% possess, uh, 86% pass accuracy. Uh, dominant performance here by Liverpool. Uh, we'll talk more about them later. Um, yeah, just masterful performance by them. Uh, Michelin uh, fell to Ajax 1-2. Uh, to two. Um, Ajax, again, uh, looking pretty sharp here. Um, I would say that based on recent performances... Ajax still has a chance to to come out second in the group, I would say. Yeah, and I, th- I think they sh- they will. I think um, there was there were one up in forty seconds, uh, and then the the second goal was a a very rare kind of a a 
you don't see a lot of a, a free kick inside the box, well taken by Proms. Uh, mm. um, and to be fair, I've got to give props to, to Mitchell and that they didn't let the heads go down when they were 2-0 down after f- 15 minutes and, and still came back to to score. But once once we got to the second half, it was a very, very kind of drab uh, game, uh, not a lot of action in that second half, but Ajax knew they'd done enough to, to, to seal the game. And mm. yeah, they they they're looking like they're trying to secure that that second place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The um the the big the big upset here. Uh, we're, we're moving on to today's games. Uh, the big upset here for today, uh, Wednesday, Istanbul defeats Manchester United two to one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a very naive Manchester City side. Um. They it they were taken full ride by Dimbaba in the twelfth minute. Uh, who is um, I didn't even know he was still playing. I thought he had retired. Mags. Yeah, I said. <laughs> I knew he'd gone to. I knew he'd gone to uh, uh, playing Turkey. I thought he was. Uh, he was still at Fenerbahce, mm. uh, but obviously he's, he's moved around in Turkey. And yeah, when I they mentioned Dimbaba was was playing all that. Isn't this guy like 35, 36 years old? And he, he absolutely ripped Man United's defence to pieces. Uh, yeah, the, it was an embarrassing result for Man United. Uh, the defence was anonymous for both goals. Uh, in both uh, both uh, times that uh, uh, Bazaccia scored, it was a midfielder who was the closest to the, the, the scoring player, which is just absolutely shocking. Um yeah, embarrassing, and it, it could cost uh, Ole his job. Well, and that's that's that was my question to you: is is how how secure is Ole's uh, job? Because it's um, we've talked about it for weeks. I've written an article about it. You can check that on shootingthesportsish.com. Um, but how like at what point is enough enough for Manchester United? Both supporters and Manchester United's owners, I, I feel like uh, Ole Gunnar uh, Solskjaer is the the fall guy, the perfect fall guy for the ownership. Um, it, it also seems as though there's enough fan support behind him because of what he's done for the club and what he means to the club. Um, but I mean, there has to be a point where there's like there they put their foot down finally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you the the way you described it is is perfect. He's the fall guy, and it's just a case of when do they allow him to to take that fall? Um, when you when you're losing to a team that's all in their thirtieth year of existence, um, winning their first ever uh, Turkish Super League title, and and were really in everyone's eyes, in everyone's eyes, the whipping boys of this group. When you're going and losing to that team, um, all eyes are on looking for somebody to blame, and we we never blame the players. It's always the manager that that takes the hit, and with a with a certain uh, Argentinian manager kind of circling now for a job. Um, I can see Ole being the one who takes the blame. And I feel for him. I, I feel maybe he's a little bit too nice of a person. Maybe he hasn't got that kind of a killer instinct as a manager. But he's been very stunted in his time at Manchester United. He's not had the the, the financial backing that that uh, he, he deserved. We, we've, we've spoke multiple times about how um, when Man United are, are linked with a player, they just can't get a deal over the line, and that's not all his fault. He's he's uh, he's not in charge of the the the, the uh, purchasing of players. It's Ed Woodward's fault. He's the mm. one who's unable to to get these deals done. But it, it, it's looking like all his time as as Man United manager is, is it may be coming to an end. Well, and and. I certainly appreciate you defending him, right? Um, because there are a lot of aspects of this that are certainly not his fault, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, having Ed Woodward as a as a a, a working uh, a person that that works alongside you must be frustrating, right? Yeah, it must be very frustrating having owners like the Glazers who would rather uh, give their money to 
uh, Tom Brady, who is super old, um, you know, and uh, and ragged, and he probably shouldn't even be playing. He doesn't deserve to be on that football field. But I digress. He might be the greatest of all time, from what people on other shows on this network might say. I don't know. I don't watch football um, like that. Um, my point here being is they, the, the Glazers seem far more interested in just making money than they do in, in actually uh, developing a proper football club, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what would that's what I would be very bothered by if I was Pochettino, for example. I would be very weary of taking up that job. I would almost, I, I, I would probably, if it weren't for the sweet, sweet money that I know the Glazers would pay me if I was Pochettino, I would almost hold off and go to Inter Milan and wait for Conti to lose his job there. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think uh, that uh, Pochettino's kind of had his eye on the Man United job for quite a long while, um, and I would I would totally see a scenario where Man United would do what Tottenham did with Pochettino, where they didn't back him, uh, and then when he went, they they backed his uh, his his um, successor. I can absolutely see that, especially with Pochettino kind of uh, takes the lead on on getting transfers in. He seems like he's uh, he's much more aggressive in in the market than than perhaps an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is. Uh, but yeah, either way, it it, it seems like Ole may be the fall guy for something that's not particularly his fault, and I, I think it's a shame, really. Uh, I, I don't think he was ready for the job in the first place, uh, but he's he's done well under the circumstances, and, yeah, it, it, it's it's looking like he may, may be the one who, who has to go. With that being said, um, I do feel as though uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is, he's, uh, as much as we defended him just now, I feel as though there are times where he doesn't even recognize what his best team is, and if that's mm-hmm. questions that you're asking, uh, like of yourself and of your team at this point in the season, that's really big trouble. Yeah, yeah, you you make a a lot of sense, and I th- I think the the issue is that he's he's got such strength in depth in in certain positions, but in then other positions, he's is very very threadbare so he, he mm. he's having to juggle so many like big names and people who are itching to play and there's only a very limited amount of places that they that they can play play i mean we've spoke before about how they brought in donny van der Beek, who they didn't really need uh we spoke about how they they bought two right wingers what they didn't really need uh and we've spoke about how they didn't replace uh uh, the centre backs that they needed, they didn't replace the left back that they needed. Uh, so I, he, he's just been dealt a very, very bad hand, and it, it just seems like all the cards are kind of falling against him. Mm, indeed. How we got to talking more about Manchester United more than we <laughs> talked about Liverpool, I I don't know, but I'm sure we'll get back to Liverpool soon with our uh, with all the the rumours that are flying around. We, we've got rumours. We've got a huge game this weekend. There's a lot to talk about. Um, a a COVID depleted Lazio side somehow pulled up a draw against Zenit uh, St. Petersburg here. Mags also today one <laughs> one. I was actually quite impressed with Lazio doing this. Um, they, like I said, they are depleted by COVID right now, yeah. um, and uh, I I would have thought that the Russians would have taken this game by the scruff of the neck. I was proven wrong. Lazio had more than enough quality in their side to pull up a victory one one. Yeah, and and they had uh, the the most of the possession. They had um, the more shots, the more shots on target. Uh, they they kind of struggled to to get the. Uh, the goal that they needed, but once it came, they 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 were happy with the point, and they 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 just just kept the game closed until uh, until they, they came away at the end. But yeah, uh, that is a very valuable point for that. So, like you said, they, they, the the team is ravaged, absolutely ravaged, and uh, a point there is is it's almost as good as a win. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, I would say that they were lucky to get what they got here in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that I was somewhat intrigued by was Dinamo Kiev uh, and, and Barcelona. Uh, Dinamo Kiev is is a side that um, you really wouldn't know it 
uh, unless you unless you really knew your footballing stuff. But Dinamo Kiev is is one of those those yes. really interesting places that develops great players, um, uh, particularly from um, uh, from from Eastern Europe, um, and they just really make a good go of it. Barcelona also known, of course, for the world famous La Masia uh, training academy. Uh, so a really clash of two clubs that really have great fundamentals in terms of developing players. Uh, Barcelona did come away with the victory here, 2-1, as I would expect. 22 shots on target, Mags. Uh, quite a flurry of attempts from Barcelona here. Um, is Barcelona looking any better uh, to you than what they did at the beginning of the season when all of the the messy uh, messiness was happening. <laughs> oh, wordplay on a on a Thursday morning! <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I think this Barcelona team is. Uh, th- this just seems to be playing a lot better now. I mean, I know that in terms of the squad, there's not been a lot of change, but in terms of like the the presidency with uh, with Bartomeu gone, this this team seems to be really were really gelling I'd, I'd like to say and i think this 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 match doesn't really speak to how dominant barcelona was i mean in the first half messi could have had a hat trick uh griezmann could have had two or three they were just peppering the the dinamo cave goal with with shots and it was an absolutely outstanding performance by uh, ruslan uh, nesheret this kid, uh, and I'm kind of like telegraphing uh, what I'm going to be uh, talking about later on, but this guy, uh, 18 years old, he only made his debut in the midweek uh, in, a, in a league game because all the rest of the Dinamo Kiev uh, goalkeepers all got struck down with COVID. So he's been thrown into the thick of it at 18 years old, and the guy was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. He just, he was just it was like a cat. I mean, it's 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 the obvious kind of like um, uh, simile for a goalkeeper. But he was absolutely like a cat. Whenever the ball was was near their goal, he was he was diving and yeah, he was just he was just outstanding. Uh, a really really solid performance by him, uh, and he definitely did not deserve to to be on the end of a loss. Uh, but if he wasn't in the goal, it could have easily been ten. Yeah. It was just that that good. No, I mean you make a great point. You you definitely make a great point. Um, so yeah, Barcelona two, Dinamo Kiev one. Uh, we'll wait and see. Let, let's see if maybe Dinamo Kiev pulls a little bit of a uh, more results back, uh, more in their favor next go round. That'd be that'd be something. I, I yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's not like they were toothless. There, to skate to Stegen also had a very very good game. He uh, he uh, had to do a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of last last ditch saves, and it could have easily gone either way um, in this performance. But Barcelona, uh, three wins out of three now in the Champions League, and yeah, it's uh, it's all looking well now at uh, uh, the new camp. Indeed, uh, Ferenc Varos fell four to one to uh, uh, Juventus here uh, with uh, Alvaro Morata scoring uh, some late goals here. Uh, once in the the seventh minute, actually, so a very early goal. Sixtieth uh, minute goal also from Morata, uh, followed by uh, DiBala uh, scoring in the seventy second minute and also getting an own goal uh, uh, in the eighty first minute here. Mags, um, mm-hmm. Juventus seemed to be gelling pretty nicely under new manager Andrea Pirlo. Uh, did you expect such a uh, such a, a calm and soothing start from this uh, Juventus side uh, under the steady hands of Andrea Pirlo? Um, I mean, they they had the the big hitters of of Ronaldo uh, back in the squad, um, so it, it, this result went exactly how it should have been. I think they were very lucky, especially with the two uh, goals that Dybala was involved with. Uh, the keeper had an absolute nightmare, uh, basically at fault for for both Dybala's goal and the the, the goal that's been given to Dybala uh, on goal. That was actually all Dybala. He passed the ball literally to Dybala both times. And uh, Dybala, I think he's been on a bit of a, a goal drought. He hasn't scored since like July, so he'll be very more than happy to to take two two goals. But yeah, this was a 
a very, very dominant performance by um, by Juventus and Morata again on the score sheet is good to good to see because uh, I've always had a soft spot for Morata. I've always I, I don't think he's ever got his his kind of due, especially when he was at, at Chelsea. And it's good to see him uh, uh, really dominating in in Italy. But yeah, it's a, a good victory for for uh, for Juventus against what could have been a banana skin of a team. Yeah, I would say so as well. Um, Club Bruges took on uh, Bruges Dortmund. Okay, uh, uh, this also looked like something that could appear as a more of a banana skin of a game uh, for Dortmund, uh, but they came out flying here, uh, winning the game three uh, nil. Uh, excellent. Uh, performance here uh, from uh, Erling Haaland. Once again, this guy cannot stop scoring goals, Mags. Um, also, uh, uh, Thorgan Hazard uh, scored in the 14th minute himself as well. Um, mm-hmm. Dominant performance here from Bruce Dortmund, Mags. Um, with them being the supposed leaders of their group, I mean, what what do you see as their chances overall in the tournament? Um, I think they they could possibly get to the the last eight. I think the, there's a lot more dominant teams in 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 other groups, but you can you can't rule them out because of just how clinical uh, Haaland is. I think that was his 14th goal in 11 Champions League games. He's scored against every Champions League opponent that he's ever faced in in his whole career, uh, and he's just he looks just like a robot up front is just amazing um he's yeah he's, he's he's just so so talented this kid is is he's on course to be one of the very best strikers that's ever lived the guy's 20 years old and he's just breaking records left right and center um yeah and it's a uh, it was a dominant performance by Borussia, especially in the first half when they had all the work done. The second half, it was a little more relaxed. Uh, Bruce had a few more uh, opportunities. Um, but, yeah, um, what else can you say? Dortmund uh, and, and all the German sides, uh, to be honest, uh, absolutely just demolishing teams in, in this European competition. I mean, we didn't even touch on Borussia Mönchengladbach, who uh, smashed six goals. It's just against, uh, was it against uh, Donetsk? Who, uh, yes. who, yeah, just absolutely amazing results. That's that's fifteen goals in three games from three German sides. Shocking. And Borussia was the lowest scoring of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, uh, Dortmund. Um, they've got a very very good team, and 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 one that uh, what we talked about before we recorded here. They seem to be fine with letting. Uh, go of uh, their big top young talent, right? Um, like mm-hmm. this is a game where Jaden Sancho didn't start, right? Um, he he didn't even uh, uh, play uh, in the game. He was rumored all season to go to Manchester United. Uh, yep. yep. So, um, very interesting stuff here. Um, one departure which seems to be very interesting, and this would, uh, if if Jaden Sancho was to be sold at at some point, either in the winter time or next summer. Um, they, that they're obviously going to make a, a killing off of him, but um, according to uh, RB Salzburg's uh, sporting director, uh, he is saying that it is uh, inevitable uh, for Erling Haaland to actually leave Dortmund uh, with the goal in mind of him going to Liverpool um, at this point. Um, Mags, what what are the chances of that? And uh, I, I guess. Um, what what would you, I mean, I mean, do do you give any credence, I guess, uh, to this possibility of Holland heading to to England? Okay, so uh, the answer to both is yes. I think it's a, an inevitability. Uh, he's he's always kind of like proclaimed his uh, his love and respect for not only the English game but for Liverpool uh, especially and for Klopp. Um, so I fully expect him to to. Uh, sometime end up at Anfield. Um, it just seems to me that, that Borussia are kind of happy being a, a, a stepping stone club. 
um, and making absolutely mountains of profit off uh, off these young, uh, talented players who they they buy relatively cheaply and sell them for massive amounts of money. And and it's a system that absolutely works because they can keep that conveyor belt of young talent coming through, stay uh, very um, kind of relevant in the in the Bundesliga, but then still still stay uh in in uh profit when it comes to the transfer so yeah it's a system that really really works for them um and Haaland in the Premier League would be a sad to see. I mean, we've I've spoke well of how uh, Timo Werner has um, has translated over to the to the English game. I think Haaland would fit in so so well, um, and it he would be he would be a killer for Liverpool. The issue would be who goes to to allow him to have a spot. It would be Salah. You would have to sell Salah. Maybe, maybe. Oh, here we go. We'd I mean, sell Jota. It, it, it could be no. You wouldn't sell Jota, not at all. You would sell. You'd probably sell Firmino. To be per- perfectly honest with you, you would probably yep. sell Firmino. But we've had this this debate on this on this very show many many times. Firmino <laughs> has no role up front for for Liverpool anymore. It's what? taken by Jota. So what? how does Haaland? take Firmino's spot when Firmino doesn't have a spot. And and I keep giving you the same answer over and over and over again. So you expect Haaland (laughs) to be uh, a deep-lying playmaker? No. One of the most lethal attacking forces you want him to sit back and and be the the feeder. Look, Mags, I've told you this like three (laughs) times, right? Um, It is a 4-2-3-1 formation, just as Klopp uses all the time. It's a double pivot. You have Thiago and and, and, uh, Jordan Henderson in the midfield, screening everything, killing people. It's great. It's awesome. They're just mowing down people left and right with passes and physicality, because that's what Thiago and and Henderson do. They're like fire and ice, man. They're like... They're, they're very good. Um, in the center, I mean, you would ideally want to have Roberto Firmino uh, as your number 10 right behind the striker. He's feeding off the passes. Now, if they sell him, then you could put in Shakiri or you could put in Minamino in that role. You could you could do lots of stuff. Um, and then you could have Jota up front. You could put Holland up front. You could put in uh, Sala on the right. You could put Mane on the left. You could put Jota on the left. You could put Mane on the right. You've got so many options. This is what you could do uh, mm-hmm. when bringing in Holland in there. Again, ideally speaking, you'd want to keep Firmino around. If they sell Salah, then they're going to have to go in and buy a, 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 a player to play on the right because um, they're going to be missing out on somebody there. Uh, I wouldn't put uh, much credence in, in, in starting Shakiri or Minamino on the right over uh, the possibility of Salah, but uh, Minamino has played with uh, Erling Holland before uh, to quite some success. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, if you sell Salah, you're going to have to bring in somebody else to play on the right if, if you're going to bring in Haaland to play up front. I will, ge- I will say this to your credit. Uh, Klopp is the same guy that basically made Robert Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. He basically made Lewandowski the killer that he is today. Uh, Holland and Klopp um, together uh, would be fantastic. They absolutely would. <laughs> I, but I, I, I just think that if you have an attacking lineup of, of those four players of, of Salah, Mane, uh, Salah, uh, Jota, uh, and then you add in um, Haaland in. You, you're leaving a lot, and then you, you're looking at the likes of uh, Robertson and um, Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold pushing forward as well. You're leaving four players to do all of the defensive work, and I think that's a that's a little bit unbalanced. So I think one of the front three would have to go. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know. It, it's all about how you want to finance it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all about it how would you be want to it. It would be... The best of problems to have. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have these kind of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would make FIFA so fascinating. Um, <laughs> um, I could uh, honestly see Klopp playing just two at the back like, and then eight forwards. <laughs> no midfield. Don't even need a midfield. <laughs> just, you just have Thiago sitting in the midfield. Just yeah. Like, just so two, one, seven. Yeah. And then, and then, I guess, yeah. 
that would work. That that would probably work. You'd probably still want to have Trent, uh, Trent there. You would want to have Robertson. Um, yeah, but they're, they're technically wing back, so they'd be flying forward yeah. anyway. So yeah. just have one midfielder, uh, Thiago, doing all the work, and then everyone else just put farting to put the ball in the net. Mm, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are these are the problems. How we got on this tangent, I'm not sure, but uh, Dortmund three. Uh, uh, Club Bruges nil. Um, <laughs> Sevilla Krasnodar. Uh, Sevilla three. Krasnodar two. Uh, Sevilla reigning uh, Europa League champions. Are they headed back to the Europa League, Max? <laughs> uh, I mean, after I mean they picked up the win. That's a, I mean that's a, a good thing. But in the first uh, in the first. 20 minutes or so, they were absolutely being run ragged by Krasnodar. Uh, they pulled the, a goal back uh, near the end with uh, Rakitic and then Navas uh, got got uh, his uh, marching orders after he uh, he tackled the boot off one of the, the Krasnodar players. But um, yeah, their, their skins were saved by uh, uh, Nezre with, uh, with two late-on goals. And yeah, they, a lot of... Uh, Sighs of relief from uh, from Sevilla supporters because yeah they they pulled this win out of defeat basically uh, but yeah, yeah there's there wasn't a lot of kind of positives to come from it but they now sit joint top of the the group and um, yeah it looks like the two teams that we predicted would would go through in this group are going to go through I just don't think uh, Sevilla have been as dominant as they should have been um, they've only scored four goals in the whole of the tournament. Uh, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it wasn't a good performance, but they got the victory that they needed. Mm. Um, another assured performance here: Chelsea three, uh, Rin nil. Uh, mm-hmm. This would be Mindy returning to his old club, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty dominant performance himself. Um. Yeah. Uh, nice performance overall by Chelsea. Timo Werner scoring two penalties. Uh, Tammy Abraham uh, scoring himself in the fiftieth minute. Uh. Again, decent performance here by Chelsea. Yeah, and and Tammy Abraham, uh, another player who, who I thought had a, a a really really good game and got a goal that that warranted it. Um. This was uh it was a very kind of a solid performance, uh, but but nothing really outstanding for for Chelsea. Reece James put in a good shift. Um, uh, Ziyech was was uh, very lively and dominant. Nearly scored a, a, a cracking goal after almost I think like two minutes, where he uh, he uh, he almost dinked it over the keeper. But yeah, the, it was never in doubt uh, that that Chelsea would come away with this. Uh, with this result, and it was a, a very, very solid victory for him. And then the the last game that really had any kind of fireworks to it here, uh, as far as today's lineup goes, uh, RB Leipzig two, PSG oh, one. The most fireworks! Wow. Yeah, th- this was uh, this was very fiery a match. Mm. RB Leipzig giving a nice little bit of revenge on PSG from the Champions League semis uh, from last season. Uh, this was a, a really good, a, a nice feel-good match uh, for RB Leipzig. I felt personally good about this. And uh, uh, to, to your point earlier, uh, this would be the lowest-scoring German team uh, rather than... Ah, German. yeah. I don't even know why I didn't even think of Leipzig. We may have been thinking of Salzburg and Austria. And that's yeah, close perhaps, enough. perhaps, yeah. yeah. So even so, four, four games... And and still that what seventeen goals? That's yeah, it's still ridiculous. Ri- it's, it's ridiculous. Ri- <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, oh gosh! But yeah, th- this match was a it was a very testy affair. A lot of uh, a lot of fouls. A lot of uh, cards. Paris ending up with uh, with Nam men. Uh, a good a good start to the game for for Paris with uh, Di Maria's. Uh, uh, goal uh, when he was pouncing on the back pass, but yeah, they they collapsed. Uh, and Kunku with uh with the first goal and then uh the the penalty for the second one and yeah the heads dropped at Paris and uh, they started getting very very testy and very angry and yeah uh, Paris are not doing good and and we talk about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's uh, uh job on the line is it, Thomas Tuchel's job on the line because uh that's uh two very, very poor performances uh, back-to-back for, for Paris Saint-Germain. 
Yep. Uh, P- PSG is really, really missing Mbappe and Neymar. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is this a glimpse of what PSG would be like if Mbappe did leave to Real Madrid as what's been long rumored? Absolutely couldn't. And um, if 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 they lost both uh, Neymar uh, and Mbappe, you can't kind of see where the replacements come from because... They, they, they're not the big like, kind of free-spending club that they used to be. I mean, in the transfer window, it was a lot of outs going uh, rather than, than incomings. And they now sit in third in the league uh, with uh, Leipzig uh, taking over. And if they've, they've got to then face Leipzig again. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's not a good sign for, for Paris. I mean, this is a Paris who did so well last year really well and we were expecting kind of a lot of the same same this year I mean we we spoke about how they were potentially one of the favourites and yeah it's, it's looking like they may be uh, Europa League bound mm-hmm. uh, that would be that would be crazy that would be crazy if PSG was to go that direction that's that's quite a fall from grace um, we'll see we'll see what happens um, that Generally concludes the matchups here for the Champions League. What a fun uh, day we've had so far, Mags. Let's give us ourselves a quick uh, round of applause. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, a quick preview, rather, of uh, this weekend's Premier League matchups. There's a lot of tasty ones coming up here this week. Um, let me see here. Is it already match day eight? Wow. That's that's nice. Uh, Brighton and Burnley uh, Friday, uh, oh, along with Southampton and Newcastle. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's uh, uh, Radio Techers Derby uh, right there. Um, uh, Southampton versus Newcastle. Newcastle better watch out. Southampton seems to be pretty rampant, though they will be without Danny Ings. It seems. Um, I think he's out for six weeks. Apparently, mm-hmm. Everton are fully prepared to pull down Manchester United's pants here, and that might very well be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game in charge. Um, We'll see what happens there. Uh, Leeds United needs to bounce back and needs to pick up a victory here against Crystal Palace, it seems. Uh, Chelsea will face off against the often crafty Sheffield United, who was able to stall Liverpool for quite a while before Liverpool was able to break through and take this win here. Um, West Ham uh, versus Fulham. Uh, West Brom versus... (laughs) (laughs) West Brom versus Tottenham. Uh, which should be a good game for Tottenham on Sunday. Uh, Leicester City versus Wolves, uh, 8 a.m. Uh, my time on Sunday. Um, and the big game of the weekend, well, two big games. Arsenal here. versus Villa. Yep, Arsenal versus Villa is a big one. Uh, no, Manchester City versus Liverpool, of course. Um, this is a, a, a huge game uh, for both teams, really, Mags. Um just a quick preview here. Uh, what do both teams need to look for, uh, look out for in, in the other? Oh, uh, I think... Put it, you on the spot there, about, didn't I? <laughs> I think it, it, it's all about the forward lineup. Um, I think uh, Ferran Torres and, and Sterling have been uh, outstanding and Phil Foden for, for Manchester City and then Liverpool. I mean, we can wax lyrical about their, their forward lineup all day long uh, with the addition of, of Jota. He's been the, the kind of missing piece that they've needed. So this has ho- all the kind of hallmarks of being a very free-scoring game. I mean, Liverpool have... have have struggled a little bit sometimes with uh, with defensive issues, and we know that uh, that City are not the strongest defensively. So there's the potential for this to be a really big, high-scoring game. But as Radio Techers does, we've we've harped it up. This is probably going to be nil nil. <laughs> I mean, I was going to make the thumbnail. Um... Oh. I mean, double confirmed. Maybe I should. Maybe I should just make an Aston Villa Arsenal thumbnail instead. <laughs> just advertise that as the matchup uh, for Sunday. Um, I think that. Um, I I think that you're gonna see City start for Ferran Torres up front. I think you're gonna see Liverpool start Diogo Jota up front. This is gonna be a very much a a very different. Uh, matchup between these two sides. Uh, Klopp will probably be a little bit more direct. Um, I think that uh, City will look probably a little bit more um, 
possession-based oriented, of course. Um, there's not a universe that I live in where I don't see this being a good game. I, I refuse to say anything further than that. <laughs> he pleads the fifth. I, I look. I don't want to call. I, I, I'm I'm too nervous to, to call a, a winner or a loser here. Um, but I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, I will make note that uh, Klopp uh, historically has had Pep Guardiola's number. Um, what that means this time around, I don't know. We've, they've not faced each other in a COVID uh, environment this season. Uh, they faced each other last season uh, as uh, Liverpool were waking up from a uh, quite a hangover uh, from winning the their first championship in 30 years. But we'll we'll see what happens. We will. <laughs> uh, Mags, um, goal of the week or goal of the show and a player of the show here. Um, uh, you've you've brought up some interesting points um, uh, throughout the show. I think I've got an idea of who you're going with for player of the show, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. Uh, well, in fact, you. I think you should go first. Let's uh, let's lay your cards on the table. Okay, so I think mine's pretty clear. Diogo Jota has to be player of the show. Uh, three goals. And, he, he, and he, why is that? Three goals. Uh, so he hit his first hat trick. He was obviously the best player on the field that day uh, against mm-hmm. Atalanta. Um, he chipped the goalkeeper twice. How you get away with that twice is yeah. um, beyond me. Um, and, yeah, he he was, the I guess, the glue that has reinvigorated this this forward lineup. He, he's this this magic potion that's magically appeared and has revived uh, Salah and Mane um, a, a little bit more and, and, and have them facing more direct. Um, whereas, uh, you know, with this false nine system that Klopp has had been playing with, with Firmino, uh, while it's very good and you have him... I guess relaying passes off to uh, Mane and, and Sala, um, this team looked far more aggressive and far more rampant. I think that that's the result of Diego Jota being out there on the field. I think he was the catalyst for a 5 nil victory, which could have easily gone the other way against an Atlanta side that's often very potent themselves. Yeah, absolutely make a lot of sense. I mean, uh, as good as the forward lineup is of, uh, of Liverpool is, I think that Jota is the most um, out and out striker that you've got. Uh, he's very, very clinical in the box. Um, and yeah, getting a hat trick, it would normally mean that he, he's definitely in the conversation for being player of the week. But uh, I have three that I'm kind of, uh, I'm, that are in the mix of me. Uh, uh, Jota is certainly one of them. Uh, player uh, from uh, Munching Club back, he, got a, he also got a hat trick, but he also got an assist as well. So he kind of like one ups Jota in that for me. But I'm actually not going to go for either of them. I'm going to go for uh, the, the the goalkeeper at, at, at Dinamo Kiev. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but this, this kid, 18 years of age, this is his first ever Champions League game, only second ever professional game in his life. And he stood up and was counted against a very strong Barcelona team who peppered his goal with shots. The guy was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and even though he was on the the the, the losing side, I think he he's, his stock very much rose for me. And he's definitely going to be a, a, a big player in the in the future. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Ruslan Nesherat. It's a good pick. It's a great pick. Uh, I, I fully respect that. And uh, you've made a very compelling case. Uh, picking a goalkeeper. Once again, for player of the show. Uh, Mag's goal of the show. Uh, what do you have for goal of the show? Okay. Uh, now, there are actually quite a few uh, really top-quality goals. I mean, I, I spoke about the Salah one, uh, the way uh, he opened up uh, his body and, and, and hit the top corner was, was sublime. The Denver bar one made me feel all of the feels, uh, seeing uh, a, a 35-year-old man rip apart Man United. Um but I'm actually going to go with um, Inter Milan's first goal, uh, Lotaro um, Martinez. And it's not because it was a, an outstanding and flashy goal, but it was more because of the flick that, that set the goal up. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely sublime. Uh, I, I need to just go back to find out who it was. Barella who did the flick. Uh, a no-look back heel flick 
perfectly in place for for Martinez to run onto, uh, and uh, Martinez is 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 lethal in the box. So yeah, that's the goal I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Martinez for Inter Milan. It's a solid pick, man. It's a solid pick. Um, I I personally will go with Dimba Ba's goal against Manchester United. That was just a wonderful piece of a piece of individual brilliance, uh, mm-hmm. as as you put it. I could, I can't say it much better. He he ripped uh, Manchester United apart uh, with just in, a little bit of individual skill. Uh, just a lovely performance by by him overall, and I think that's what really set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, so when a goal like that can do that, it's it's certainly amazing. I feel. Um, with that being said, Mags, uh, we got to go away today. Um, I, I obviously greatly appreciate everybody for tuning in uh, to yet another episode of Radio Techers. This has been a, a heck of a show. Uh, once again, I ask if you if you just tuned in late or if you just missed the beginning of the show somehow, I don't know. Um, you know that you hit that subscribe button wherever you're you're uh, viewing or listening to this show, uh, be it on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button for shooting the sports ish. Uh, leave us a like button. You know, hit that like button. Uh, share with a friend. Share with a family member. Share Radio Techers. With all of your family, I, I, I mean, I'm sure if you like the show, they'll like the show too, right? You know, I'm, I'm sure Grandma it would lo- stands to reason. Grandma would love Radio Techers. I, I mean, just look at look at me and Mags. We're we're some stand up chaps. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, share uh, Radio Techers with everybody that you know. Uh, leave us a comment below. What did you think was the goal of the show? What did you think? Uh, who do you, who do you think is is player of the show for you? Uh, we want to hear your feedback. Uh, so make sure to uh, to leave us a comment, like, share, subscribe, subscribe if you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, uh, or um, I guess any anywhere really for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, you know, uh, am I missing anything? Oh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. You should, you should follow us there. Uh, Mags, where can, where can people find more of your stuff? Well, you can find more of my stuff on my Twitter at DJ Kirby. I uh, put out uh, way too much content for any one man to, to put out. It's ridiculous, really. Um but yeah, uh, it's been a, a very hectic time, uh, very political. I mean, we don't want to be political on this show, but um, no matter what happens over the next few days and, and weeks, just remember that we're all human. We all have our own um, thoughts and feelings. So just be calm, people. Uh, just remember everyone's just out trying to make a better laugh for each other. So uh, yeah, just follow subscribe get involved this is your mm-hmm. show as much as it mm-hmm. ours blah 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 all, mm-hmm. all that jazz that we come up with every week and mm-hmm. it, it, it's because it's true mm-hmm. uh we've been nothing without your input so so get involved uh mm-hmm. yeah and be kind exactly no exactly be kind uh love one another um i, I keep getting results on in on my phone and, and updates and stuff like that but uh i i will say this uh, again, we are not a political show by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but if you uh, if you really think about it, no matter what happens to Trump, no matter what happens to Biden, no matter what happens to Boris, Radio Techers will still be there for you. Uh, so you know, make sure to, to uh, follow Radio Techers on Twitter: R A D I O T E K K E R S. Hit subscribe. Share with a friend. Share with your family. Uh, we would love to have everybody on board listening to this show and uh, making it your show too. That's that's really what counts. We're, we're a community. That's what we build here at Radio Techers. Um, I'm of course the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt. You can find me on Twitter right there at that uh, that that handle there. That that's good. Um, I also have a show uh, uh, that I do with uh, one, the one the only Mr. Stephen Grudy called Headlock Talk. We talk pro wrestling. It's a good time. We just made our YouTube debut just the other day. Yeah, and I watched that, and it was uh, I watched it and listened to it as well. Uh, oh well, thank you. I I love me some headlock talk, and I'm glad you're back. Oh, thank you, thank you, Mags. I greatly appreciate that. It's good to be back, and uh, and big shout out to Big Paws on the Pub JPQ. He's made his uh, wrestling return as well, uh, so that's awesome stuff there. Um, uh, well, I, I don't have anything else myself, Mags, uh, and I think that uh, your speech kind of tops it all. Uh, so uh, good night, everybody. We love you. Stay safe out there. Love one another, and uh, have yourselves a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye.